Welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Podcast. We're a real community of people who are passionate about pursuing God and growing in our relationship with Him. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit northridge.org.au. Holidays, we get to hear from, um, from people in our community. And, um, you know, you often see people and you, um, you, you sort of might know them a little bit, but you hear a lot more of their story when they get a chance to share. And um, for me, even people that I think I know, I find out something new, and it's, um, and it's great. And you know, the Lord's heart is to invite us to things. I, um, it, all through Scripture, it, it's a story of invitation, God calling us to himself. Um, you know, initially, we're invited into a relationship with him. Um, and as, as, but he never stops inviting us into new things. Um, just in terms of exploring our faith and growing as Christians. And, um, and I think that's a, that's a theme for this year, actually, uh, the invitation of Jesus. And, and also this year we're going to be exploring how we can partner with Jesus in, um, in, um, in that invitation. Um, so Sally was invited to speak. You know, sometimes you're invited to things and it seems a long way off and you think, yeah, I'll do that. And then you probably think, well, why on earth did I accept that invitation? Well, Sam might be feeling that right now, so, <laughs> so I'll, just, uh, I'll just pray for her. Lord, I, um, I thank you for, for Sally, and I thank, you for, um, I thank you for her testimony, for her story, which is, uh, which is unique to her. And um, Lord, I thank you for the way that you've, uh, that you've worked in her life. And Lord, I pray for her right now that you would give her your peace. I pray that you give her a boldness to, uh, to speak what she's prepared. And, um, yeah, I just ask for your blessing and your protection. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes? Loud enough? On? Awesome. Thank you. Ah. Good morning, church family. So that the fabulous Eric has time to speak and we finish vaguely on time, I've written down word for word what I'd like to share, as if I don't, my nervous excitement will explode, tangents will be taken, floods of waffling will occur, and I assure you we will end up off topic. So forgive me for reading. About 10 years ago, I was recently married to the gorgeous Alain. We were newly pregnant, I was 28-ish, and I was very much a non-believer. I had grown up in a home where Christian values were sort of an important tradition, but personal faith and church attendance were not. I dabbled in youth group in my late teens, mostly for social reasons. I was definitely a fence-sitter, surely one foot and the right side of the fence meant I was okay with God, but the foot on the other side of the fence meant I could do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. So by my 20s, I was a solid atheist. If you looked at my life and my choices at that time, possibility that I would be here now. What you can imagine young people getting up to in every part of their life that was me. But we have a miracle working God, right? So there we were, 
10 years ago, Ale and I, non-believers, very sceptical of religion, very quick to judge those who were in any way religious, not interested in tradition or church traditions for tradition's sake. So in my family, uh, we have, I have come from a very warm, loving, large, extended family. Uh, in my family are a couple that some of you might have met, Dan and Karine Owens. They are the ones who went to the Philippines a few years ago. Thankfully, are a bit closer back to us now. Dan is my first cousin. Back those 10 years ago, with a baby on the way, Ale and I were assessing our lives, thinking of the future and the type of family that we aspired to build. Not many of our friends were married or had kids, obviously weren't, weren't part of a church, didn't have many Christian friends. So Dan and Karin, with their young family, stood out as a family, as people that were different to anyone else that we knew. The way that they lived their lives, conducted themselves, parented, encouraged and loved us, never judged us in our non-belief that we were quite vocal about, and their love and reverence for their Lord, whatever that was, was kind of inspiring. The way that they loved going to church and spoke so fondly of their Northridge family was a mixture of very weird and very intriguing. Basically, they were into something that sounded good. I asked them if we could come along to church with them and check it out. In the first few weeks of coming, Ale supported me, as he always does, with my crazy new ideas. I think I used up Northridge's year's quota of tissues. The first time I came, I sat there, where Mark Carroll is now. Balled my eyes out, balled my eyes out in front of a room of total strangers. The prayer time and the worship, particularly, hit me smack bang in my heart and my mind. The teaching was unreal. I had not heard of this type of God, Father, Saviour, Almighty, my Yahweh, Lord, Comforter, Healer, my Redeemer, my Life Giver, my Sustainer. Or possibly I had, and I was too stubborn, arrogant, and busy to listen. As well as being hooked into the beginnings of faith, I fell in love with Northridge as a church community. We were so warmly welcomed, so encouraged. People that we had never met would come up to us, and they were genuinely, genuinely interested in us, and not just in converting us but interested in caring for us, as, just as Sal and Ale. We truly started to feel that we had come home. Thankfully, Dan and Karin said yes to letting us join their home group, as we were a bit too shy to join any other. It was recommended that home groups were a good thing to, or life groups were a good thing to join, um, to deepen relationships. So our sense of being in community deepened through joining life group. God was drawing us nearer. We were finding our new, true identity. So a year before that, complete atheists, non-believers, not interested. But we found our identity here, as beloved children of the one true God. And as the song says, which I love, he is a good, good father. And that's who he is. 
but I'm loved by him. And that's who I am. Another friend came into my life soon after uh, coming to Northridge, um, after having Marcelo and a horrid time with postnatal depression. This friend was so passionate in her faith. She grabbed me. She was not going to let go. She took me along to uh, a big women's Bible study where I learned more and more truth. She welcomed me at the door every morning. She texted me the night before, you coming? She kept leaving CDs in my letterbox of amazing worship music and she would suggest amazing books to read and also leave those in my letterbox. Text message, just left something in your letterbox. She has a faith that is relentless. I adore her. So today I was asked to talk about how I was invited to Jesus and I would have to say gently, kindly, warmly, very authentically, and lovingly. And he has changed us completely. I'm hugely undeserving of his love and forgiveness, and yet I am totally adored and held by his grace always. As Jill just reminded me, he doesn't ask me to be perfect, he asks me to surrender. It's really hard. I like to control everything, don't I, darling? I don't understand God. I don't understand his ways. I struggle with them a lot. But I know that he is my king. He is my rock in all situations. And that doesn't change depending how I'm feeling that day or what's going on. I was invited to Jesus by people who were steadfast in their faith. Very, very steadfast in their faith. There is so much in life that competes to grab the attention of non-believers. I pray that we all, myself included, listen, listen out for the prompting of the Spirit, that voice inside to share our faith, whatever the situation. Lastly, I want to encourage you to never give up praying for or believing in the salvation of friends and family. As I said, 10 years ago, staunch atheist, I have learnt since becoming a Christian that there were people praying for me for a long time before I came to faith. Don't give up praying for and sharing his love with an unbelieving world. It was Jesus' great commission to us all. Not just for Bonham Rob, not just for Phil and Kath, not just for the amazing wise elders in this, wise elders in this church. It is for us all. I am far from an expert at this, but he has helped me become more confident in talking freely with friends, family, new people we meet, strangers, about our church, about our life group, which is the remnant of Dan and Karin's life group way back then. I'm very happy to share my salvation through Jesus and the support, love, encouragement and care from our amazing pastors and family here. I thank God with all my heart for this life-transforming journey and all the people that he has blessed me with along the way. And I'm so thankful that people listened when God said to them, Sal needs to hear this today. Ale needs to hear this today. 
this is a crazy weird picture, but I've been told to give it to them, and they went through and did that. That has happened so many times. One word, one sentence, one picture. Thank you, many of you are in here that, that passed on what God wanted for us in that time. That is enough from me. Thank you. Can I just pray for you after that beautiful sharing? Thanks, Sal. Lord, we thank you for Sal and her lovely family. And Father, we just thank you for her story. And thank you that you invited her into your, into your kingdom and that she does that for others too. And we just, uh, I just had uh, something for you, Sal. I don't know what it quite means, but three-stranded stra- uh, three cord will not easily be broken. And Lord, I just don't know if that's for your marriage or whatever, but we thank you, Lord, that where there are two of us and we include you, that is a three-strand cord. It is not easily broken. And so we thank you and pray that over their family today. And we um, bless her in the name of Jesus. Amen. And our second guest this morning is, um, is Eric. And um, I'm very excited about what Eric's going to say, I think. I, I actually, um, the s- service leaders get together regularly. So I've, I, Kathy and I have had a chance to get to know Eric and Lisa um, uh, a lot better over the last couple of years. And uh, it's definitely enriched our lives. It has stretched my faith. And, um, uh, yeah, he, Eric is not shy in saying what he thinks. And um, sometimes it's challenging and out there. But um, it's, it's always good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll, let me just pray for you. Thank you. Well, I thank you for this man. I thank you for... Um, I just thank you for his passion for you and his... Uh, the way that he has responded to your invitation and the way that he responds again and again when you speak to him, Lord. I uh, thank you for his boldness, and I just pray that you would increase that. And uh, I just pray that you would anoint his words now as he, uh, as he shares a bit of his story with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Steve. Am I on? You can hear? Yes, great. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm Eric, and... With my wife, Lisa, we've been attending Northridge for um, 18-odd years now. Um, And it actually reminded me of a story of um, when I was first saved, we were living down in Melbourne, and um, we had the pleasure of meeting um, Phil and Chris Cumming, um, who at that time were um, on the board of Northridge. and they happened to be down in Melbourne on a Sunday. Um, it happened to be our last Sunday um, that we were going to spend in Melbourne. And uh, he extended a, an invitation to us saying, you know, come along and we'll get together. Um, at that stage, I was still a little bit sceptical. And the, the response was, yeah, there's 4.8 million people in Sydney. Like, we're going to see you again. Ha ha. Um, I would just become a believer, so forgive me. <laughs> um, 
We, we were planted in the middle of the Northridge community. Um, we came up here, we settled. Um, I got a phone call from Chris, oh sorry, from Phil coming, saying, oh, where are you? Um, we had actually settled in Blytheswood Avenue at, in Warrawee. Um, Phil and Chris lived just around the corner in Eastern Road. There was a school for us at the top of the road, Warrawee Public School for our kids. Um, Phil and Kath were around the corner in Kissing Point Road, thank you. <laughs> it was like God had actually taken us and gone pluck right in the middle of the Northridge um, community. That was the first day that we attended, was the first day that um, Northridge has, had met in the Taramo Bush School. Um, so we believe we've actually been called to this church and um, we don't come because it's convenient, even though we live just around the corner. <laughs> um, this year we, we celebrate our, our 27th anniversary. Um, Lisa and I have been... Do you want, do you want to say anything? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have three amazing boys that, that God has given us to parent. Um, Christopher is now 23. Um, he's married and has bought brought the most amazingly beautiful daughter-in-law into our, into our family. And, and I say that with a little bit of passion because my sister is the first girl in seven generations in our family. So we have a daughter. <laughs> um, Aiden is 20. He's um, currently over in Hakuba on the powder in Japan snowboarding. I'm a little bit jealous about that, but I'm happy for him, and he's still in one piece, I can report. <laughs> um, and our third son is Jordan. Um, he's now 16, and he's just started year 11. Um, these are the oaks of righteousness that God has given us that are planted for the display of his splendor. A little bit of my history. Um, I grew up in a little city on the east coast of South Africa, um, it's called East London, and when I say East London, everybody goes to the UK, but not this time. Um, it's, it's kind of between Adelaide and the Gold Coast in terms of population. There's about 800-odd thousand people there. Um, I had an amazing childhood um, with our parents and my two, two brothers and my sister. We lived on a river, so... I grew up water skiing, surfing, sailboards. Life was all outdoors and, and watery and sand and beach. It was just amazing. Dad was born in Germany. Um, he emigrated to South Africa in, in, in 1927. I believe that he was brought up in a, in a Lutheran environment. He didn't really talk about that. So um, we didn't really have a model for a Christian-based lifestyle at home, and generally it never really came up in discussions, although we would celebrate Christmas. Mum's family was actually from Wales, and again, I can't say that um, she was brought up in a, in a Christian environment, um, and again, didn't then have any sort of model to be able to model that for us. Um, she is an amazing woman. She's still with us. Um, she's 80 years old now. 
She's very, very capable, very, very outgoing. And I, I continually pray that God would touch her heart and, and, and draw her to Jesus. I think this is one of the invitations that we are presented with as Christians that we do. We, we, we pray for family. Um, Mom's not a kingdom dweller yet. Um, but God, by God's grace, I, I will pray her into heaven. Um, through my schooling, we had Christian classes. I, I actually cannot even tell you what they were about. I think Jesus might have been mentioned once or twice, but that was it. There was no grid or anything. Like um, My lifestyle, I could say similar, not quite. <laughs> I was actually quite a good boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never felt that I'd actually <laughs> broken any of the Ten Commandments. And as I was sitting down here, I thought, one day I shot a pigeon with an air rifle and I actually hit it. And I actually felt so bad. <laughs> it still sticks in here. So, yeah, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> um, I guess I, I just continually missed all of the invitations to meet Jesus. Um, my invitations only really started, or can I say that I only really recognised them as invitations when I married Lisa. Um, I'm sure she'll have an opportunity to tell her story one of these days. So Bonnie, tick the box. <laughs> Setting her up, sorry. Um, but when I met Lisa, she was living in a, in a Catholic home, um, and both of her parents staunchly practiced the Catholic faith. So um, at our wedding, I made a commitment to, to Lisa's dad, Tony, um, and I turned around to him and said I, I would never get in the way of her faith. Um, and because of that, was happy to attend um, church with Lisa. And I was quite floored down the years that I'd never said that I would get in the way of a Catholicism. Um, but it was her faith, so God was even leading me there, but he recognized that later on. We went to the Catholic Church for a while in Johannesburg um, when we were living there, and I used to come out, I must admit, to a little bit confused, because um, with all respect, the father person would literally stand at the front door on your way out, and he would say, thank you for coming, thank you for coming. And he would put, pull, literally pull people out of the church. And th that left me confused. Um, it, was a, it was an invitation to become offended. Um, and then, actually not too long ago, I read um, Proverbs 30 verse 10, which talks about, you shall not slander a slave to his master or he will accuse you and you will pay the price. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, I got exposed to a lot of dogma and I just didn't understand. And, and not Lisa's fault, but bless her at the time, she wasn't able to actually give me answers. Why did people stand up and sit down at that specific time? I was exposed to all of that ritual dogma that I actually, it didn't make any sense to me. I couldn't connect with it. Um, fortunately, um, Lisa met a bunch of amazing people through Christopher's kindergarten school that happened to go to a New Covenant Ministries church, um, which happened to be around the corner from us. And I, I didn't know. I knew Catholic, Anglican, Protestant, you know, the traditional flavors. I'd never heard of anything like 
um, New Covenant Ministries or even the vineyard. I had no idea the vineyard actually existed until we went to Taramara. Um, but we went, um, and it was, it was like this. There were, we walked into the back, and there must have been about a 1,000 people there. Um, they all had their hands in the air. They were speaking in tongues, standing up, walking around when the preacher man was preaching, and laughing for absolutely no reason. The casual clothes, long hair, thongs, and I said to Lise, my goodness, this is one of those Jesus cults. I'm telling you, all they want is to take your money. Little did we know. Um, they actually just loved us. Um, they literally, they didn't want anything from us. <laughs> they didn't want our money. They had no agendas. There were no pretenses. They just open-heartedly wanted to get to know us, which was very, very weird, but weird enough for us to go back. Um, at that stage, we had actually applied for residency to um, Australia, so we, we met people, but then literally said goodbye. Um, I resigned from my job, sold everything. We bought one-way tickets, and we moved to Australia as permanent residents. Long story short, we ended up in Melbourne, um, as I knew a few people there um, that had gone before us, and we'd stayed in contact, and literally that was the reason. We decided to go to a similar church in, in Melbourne and sought out New Covenant Ministries and found there was one that met in a basketball stadium. We thought we would sneak in the back, as these places have thousands of people and no one will notice us. Um, there were 50 people, and every single one of them turned around <laughs> and said, hi, welcome. So we, we couldn't hide, hide in the back. It was great. It, it was actually great. On the first weekend that we'd actually been there, um, one of the most amazing couples, um, and I, I will mention them, the Sosnovskis, Andre and Carrie, um, we hardly knew at all. Um, they put on a birthday party for our boys. Um, suddenly there were a whole bunch of kids and our kids were just loved and, and we were loved. Um, I didn't have a grid for any of that. It just didn't make sense that people would just open their homes to you. I'd never been exposed to that. All I can say is that, is that God was showing his, us his love and that love actually looks like something. We joined a home group, and I found, obviously, that the questions that I had were all being answered. You know, why three in one? Who's the Holy Spirit? Why the cross? Why the day? All of that sort of stuff. But they were actually being answered for me before I could actually answer the question. And that happened literally every time we went to a home group. Um, and it was pretty much confirmed by the next service that we went to the next Sunday. Um, so my eyes were being opened. Um, one Sunday, we walked into the church, and they were playing a song by U2. Now, there's no organs. <laughs> there's no hymns. They were playing U2. Like, again, just didn't make sense to me. And the song happened to be, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So Gary followed up with a sermon, um, basically, that everything is meaningless straight out of Ecclesiastes. Without Jesus Christ at the center of everything, it is completely meaningless. 
This was the first time that the kingdom message, that the gospel actually made sense to me. How do I love Lisa and our boys the same? How do I have space for that? How do I love my boys equally? There is no other way to love them other than unto Jesus. That's what stuck in my heart. It just clicked and I I knew I needed to get him into my life. So Gary in his prophetic way, you know Gary, um, said, I think there's somebody here who's thinking about giving his life to Jesus and I was a snotty mess up in the front going, Lord, I lead you in my life, I give you my life. And, and when I opened my eyes, I was absolutely shocked to find um, Lisa standing next to me doing exactly the same thing. So that invitation was not only for me, but for Lisa as well, um, to come into a relationship with Jesus. Um, and everything significant since then has basically happened to us as a couple, which has actually been quite profound. So I've heard it said before that people have priorities. You know, God's number one, then we've got family, then we've got the job, then we've got number you know, four, five, and six, and whatever. No. In Jesus, there's only one priority. He's number one. There is no number two. Everything else is done unto him. It's only in that manner that you can actually have space to go to work every day for your new boss, Jesus, to love your family unto him, to do Christmas unto him. It's all unto him. Or it's meaningless. Um, At that time, I was invited to, again, um, look at my core values. Uh, As a non-believer, I I did life similar to Sal. You know, life was good. We surfed and we sailed and we partied and um, God kept me away from girls, so that was fantastic. (laughs) I didn't have that, what my boys call distraction in their lives at the moment. Um, But life was great. I didn't have any need for for any of this. But I'd never actually sat back and thought, well, why am I making that decision? What is actually driving me to make the decision that I actually made? I'd never, ever thought about core values. And William P. Young, the, the guy that wrote The Shack, put out this saying, it paradigms power perceptions. Perceptions power emotions, and emotions power your responses. Most emotions are responses to perception, what you think is true about every given situation. If your perception is false, then your emotional response to it will be false too. So check your perceptions. And beyond that, check the truthfulness of your paradigms, what you actually believe. Just because you believe something firmly doesn't make it true. Be willing to re-examine what you believe. I heard this put in another context. In the Old Testament, if you touched a leper, you would have to go to the leper's colony. You'd be excommunicated from your, your community. In the New Testament, you touch the leper and the leper gets healed. They're both true, but one is truer than the other. So that set me on a journey and an invitation to, do, to define core values. Um, you find out that Jesus is a healer that the Father is actually for you, 
that you have a plumb line in the word that you can take anything, any problem, any issue, anything that you've got going on in your life, you have a plumb line in the word that you can relate it to and know that it's true and that you can stand on that. So you, you've, you've got an owner's manual. Just refer to the owner's manual. <laughs> um, in that, God gave me um, what I call my life verses, Isaiah 58, verse 9, and I'm just going to read them out. If you get rid of unfair practices, this is it's not the NIV or the New King James, This I think it's the message. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your overshadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the, emptiness, em, in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. This is my invitation to the kingdom of love and power. God is love, and where he is, there is power. You can't separate the two. How else can you glow in the darkness? How else can you bathe your shadow in sunlight? How else can you have a full life in the empty place? It's only through Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, please. Lord, I, um, I thank you for, for what we've heard this morning. Lord, I thank you for, uh, for Eric's testimony. I thank you for the way that you... Um, I thank you for the way that you called him and Lisa to yourself and for the way that you keep calling them, Lord. And, uh, and I thank you that they respond, and I, I just pray that they would continue to respond and that you would continue to bless them and protect them and their family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Eric. And thank you, Sally. That was great. Um, we've got a few minutes left. I feel, I feel the Lord wants us to respond. There's, there's some invitations. So um, can I ask you to, to stand and... Um, I feel, there are, I feel there are two things. There's, there's one, um, there may be people here who, who actually have never, never actually responded to the invitation from Jesus. And um, he keeps extending that invitation. So, so I, just, uh, I, just, I, just, I just love it if, um, if we settle our hearts. And if you, if you haven't received Jesus, if you haven't received the love that Sally talked about, um, and you'd like to. The invitation is here this morning. And so um, it's easy. You just have to take a step. You just have to respond and say yes to the invitation. So I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer. And um, I just love it. If you haven't done it before, I just encourage you to pray along with me. Lord Jesus, um, I thank you for... I thank you that you extend an invitation to me. I thank you that your heart is love. And, and Lord, I want to receive that love. 
Lord, I don't want to, um, I don't want to settle for second best. I don't, want to, uh, I don't want to live my life as if it's meaningless. I want to know you. I want to receive you. So, Lord, this morning I choose to accept your invitation. I choose you as my Lord, as my Savior, as my King. I want to know more about you and I want to receive all that you have for me. Lord, I surrender my life to you this morning. If you've prayed that prayer this morning and it's the, the first time you've prayed that prayer, can I just encourage you to, um, to tell someone that you've, um, that you've done that? Um, uh, come and talk to, to me or Kathy or to Rob and Bon, and um, we'd just love to explore more what that means for you. And for those of us who've, um, who've, who've maybe been um, followers of Jesus for years and years, I, I think that the Lord continues to extend an invitation to us to, to know more of him. I, I, feel, I feel the Lord is continually inviting me into things, and, and often I just ignore the invitation. Um, but when, when we ignore the invitation, we're shortchanging ourselves because the Lord only extends invitations to, um, to give us good gifts and to, to advance his kingdom. And um, so there may be people who felt that they've ignored the invitation and, um, and they want more invitations. They want to receive more of what the Lord has for them. Uh, and I, I had the verse about um, stretching the tent pegs. Um, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtain, tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will be spread out to the, le- to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. The Lord wants good gifts for us. And he, want, he wants us to, um, to enlarge our tents. To, to live fuller lives. So um, if you feel the Lord is speaking to you about that, um, then I'd, I'd encourage you to come forward and receive prayer. Um, if you want to receive more of what the Lord has for you. And um, let's just wait on the Lord. And as I said, if you feel, that, feel the Lord speaking to you, do come forward. <laughs>